All right. Wow. Look at us. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what's about to happen. Well, I mean, we're just going to basically the idea of this is just get in here, riff a little bit, make some more content, use the studio. Spoken like a true millennial, Joe. (laughs) Or is that Gen Z? Gen Z. Got to just make more content. I hate how big of a word content has turned into, like, as a buzzword, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the only way to describe just content, I guess. What did you... We're going to start this over. Okay. I'm just well... keeping you on your toes. We're not starting over. <laughs> okay. uh, no, we're going to start over. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, today is a very exciting day because I was talking with our chief content officer, Jen, yesterday with you in the office. And I was just frustrated, frustrated with myself, just because we have this incredible studio. I've done the Courage and Eight Shot show now for like two years, but that became really inconsistent because of Jack's schedule, my schedule. Booking talent is actually a huge hurdle that I don't think a lot of people anticipate when it comes to producing a podcast. You need to have guests that get like a buzzwordy title uh, for, for YouTube. And there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes. And that just didn't move fast enough for what I wanted to do. And a lot of content throughout 100 Thieves history, a lot of it became sponsored. You know, we got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. It's a really important part of monetizing an esports team, which I know there's a lot of naysayers in the community around the business of esports. But 100 Thieves, I think, transcends beyond that word. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the content that we were filming over the last couple of years was more or less forced to do it. And I don't think force is the right word. If It depends on which hat I'm wearing. If it's like Nate Shot as a creator or Matthew Haig is like CEO of 100 Thieves. It's a means to an end for sure, but I'm just not good when somebody tells me to do something. I don't know what it is, like an angsty teenager, but unless the idea comes from my head, I'm just frustrated by it. Mm -hmm. It's a roadblock. You'd think I would have grown out of that, but that's why we're sitting here today. So for anybody that doesn't know, Joe Callis to my right uh, is my assistant. We've been working together for now over a year. Yeah, it's like a year and a half. A year and a half? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I feel like I've gone to war. <laughs> Not only am I fighting all the voices in my head, but I'm also fighting yours. <laughs> but it's been a pretty good balance. And Joe's on here today because we've always talked about doing a podcast together, but you have a sense of humor that you don't think fits well with a brand friendly company like 100 Thieves. But I think we'll yeah. find, we'll tote the line. Yeah, we'll figure I, it out. I want out. you to be yourself in this. But this is more or less a podcast for me to just talk. Yeah. Talk about anything that's relevant. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Bill Burr, how he does his podcast, where if he doesn't even have a guest, he's going almost every single day or every week. And my buddy Rich put me on. We listened to Bill Burr a couple times on the way uh, to golf and on the way back from golf. And I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not a comedian. And it seems like the people that have had the most success in the world of podcasting, or at least the most viral clips, are normally comedians. But I just have so many thoughts that run through my head and I'll spend like the first 30 minutes of my stream just shooting the shit with my chat. And it's usually my favorite part of the stream because it's almost like therapy in a sense. Yeah. And when we have guests on the Courage and HR show, we're more or less interviewing them. Mm -hmm. And so this is just an outlet for me to create more, use this incredible studio that we have in 100 Thieves and just see where it goes. We don't really have a plan. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, this is just a spur of the moment thing. Let's get Joe on the desk with me, and let's talk about what the fuck's happening in the world. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Don't yeah. fuck this up, Joe. You're already being too nice. <laughs> I know. I got to I gotta ease into it a little no, bit. No, you're gotta... being very sweet. It's okay. Um, guys, I'm going to bully Joe, just so you guys know, but that's our dynamic. <laughs> like, a lot of times when I'm on stream with one of my, like, close, like, one of my yeah. boys, the chat just, Nate chat, you're being an asshole. I'm like, yo, listen, I grew up with an older brother. My only dynamic with a close friend is constantly talking shit to each other. Yeah. That's like my love language. Yeah. You know, that's how you know that I actually fuck with you is if I can just be, belittle you, talk shit, and banter yeah. back and forth. So if you hear that, it's not me being a dick. It's just because I actually have a crush on Joe. Yeah, well, Matt uh, let me out of my cage this morning to uh, to come talk for a little bit. So, but no. Right back in after. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, yeah, we always talk about just like, I mean, we're always just like shooting the shit to begin with and- I always get like nervous on camera, but um, I can hear a little tremble in your voice. A little bit. It's yeah. a muscle that you build. It's with the lights on, like when the lights are on your face, like see the cameras recording, people like listening behind, um, especially with my sense of humor and like thousands of people watching. I'm like, all right, I got to be entertaining, but really I just got to like 
be myself. And I don't have the sauce like any like that anymore, Joe. It's probably gonna be hundreds of people. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so maybe you'd be less nervous. Yeah, exactly. I, I told Joe that the only rule that we have for this podcast is that you cannot act differently on camera. Yeah, and that's not an easy thing to do. And yeah. a lot of people don't realize that being more comfortable on camera is truly a muscle that you build. Yeah, I haven't come up with a name for it, but it's a muscle inside your brain that just makes you more comfortable time and time again. Yeah. And Haley is actually the best example that I brought up to Joe and Jen yesterday when we were in the office. I told him, I'm like, you cannot change as soon as this camera starts recording because that's when I actually fell even more in love with Haley because I told her, I'm like, hey, you know, if everything goes to shit, like if 100 Thieves went to zero today, mm -hmm. the only thing that's standing in the way of me and you living under the freeway in a tent under the 405 and the life that we live now the only way we're gonna stay here is if I just start recording you because like family channels are a glitch <laughs> on YouTube. But then I'm gonna have to be super nice and act like somebody that I'm not. But Haley's just phenomenal. As soon as that camera turned on, nothing changed. She was just being delightful. Yeah. Better than me in every way, Haley, hey. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be myself, but if I was just myself, I don't think I'd have too many opinions. So I'm working on that. We'll have some more opinions. You got strong opinions. They're just grotesque and mean and rude in almost every single way. I'm a man of absolutes. Yeah, it's it's all or nothing. It's all I like that. We love judging books by their cover. Yeah. Okay, so we got through the intro. That's basically the setup. This will probably evolve over time, but we don't need to get into the nitty gritty of the format of this podcast. So there's yeah. a lot happening in the world nowadays. I mean, we just got through a week of UFO conspiracies. I went down some unbelievable rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, but I was actually on the in the car on the way here and uh, I was at a stoplight scrolling shouldn't be doing that but I think I got good peripherals I know the flow of traffic I've been driving for a long time mm -hmm. I don't text and drive I actually have a very strict rule against that and you always got to wear a seatbelt I always got to yeah. wear a seatbelt yeah. uh, but I, I was just watching all this kick stuff continue to unfold because I think Jake Lucky put out a tweet or somebody in the gaming community calling out Aiden Ross because he was like openly streaming porn on kick.com. Oh, Jesus. Now, I don't think it's as black and white and binary as that, mm -hmm. but I think all the kick things that are happening on the internet, for anybody that doesn't know, Trainwrex, who basically had his the rug pulled out from underneath him, you know, he was blowing up on Twitch over the last like two years from gambling on stream. You know, I had a partnership with Stake. You saw people like Yasuo and even like banks from FaZe with a couple other guys like Mike and Aiden, they would go down to Mexico just to gamble on stream legally. Mm -hmm. They basically removed all of like table games and, you know, higher level gambling from Twitch. And then I guess Stake has been working on Kick for a long time now, or they're at least investors in it. I don't know the absolutes on that. Yeah. But you had Aiden and I think Trainwrecks both streaming the Super Bowl yeah. on Kick.com. Aiden was talking about Kai Sinet and all these other big streamers are coming over to Kick.com. And I'm just, I'm so fascinated by it because you would think after watching what happened with Mixer and Facebook live streaming and just the battle, the, the platform wars with Twitch and YouTube that the dust would settle and realize like it's really hard to take massive communities and port them over to a website just because you bring some streamers over like Ninja, Shroud, all these guys. And Mixer shut down like a year later. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to keep this website alive because Trainwrecks, even yesterday, I saw him tweet about the fact that if somebody pays $500 to gift 100 subs, the streamer keeps like $495 of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, my biggest gripe with Twitch has always been the fact that I can't stream in 4K. Like if you go over to YouTube, it, it, even, Seven years ago, when I was streaming like Rainbow Six Siege on my second channel for gaming, I could stream at an unlimited bitrate, 4K. You know, obviously, like the Elgato and streaming uh, software and hardware didn't allow you for, to actually stream at that quality. Mm -hmm. uh, but you could you could go 100,000 bitrate, where on Twitch, like the limit is 7,500. Yeah. And they've always said that, one, 90% of uh, community members that are watching streams don't even have internet to support you know streaming uh you know a 4k broadcast yeah i always think that's bullshit i'm like hey you know i'm sure that statistic lines up with the rest of the world but more times than not nowadays if you have cable internet at like the minimum base level 
you can stream 4K. I mean, 5G, I did like a, when we were setting your Wi-Fi up, I did like a speed test. I was getting like 500 megabytes down. Yeah. I So for, for me, like even if that is true, I still believe that you should be giving the creators the option to do it. Mm. But their argument back is it's too expensive from a server output perspective. Oh, okay. So for me with Kick, if they're not taking any money from the streamers from like a sub split, and you, they're going to have a really hard time with ad rates, like monetizing that platform. If you know it's the wild, wild west in terms of like TOS and what you're allowed to stream there, mm -hmm. I just don't know financially how Kick makes sense. Yeah. And maybe Stake doesn't give a fuck because they just have unlimited like crypto uh, funding, mm -hmm. and they're not here to turn a profit. Yeah, you think they're just going to bank everybody like kind of like the Saudis and like soccer and everything they do, and just. Is it like just a play just to get people to like be there and play slots essentially? Like, I mean, I think they're funneling people into having gambling content just be the most influential like category on that platform. But I mean, even if they bring creators over over mm -hmm. the next like two to three years, the 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 train has to stop somewhere. Like yeah. at some point, they are just going to be burning cash. But maybe I just don't have the foresight into it to truly understand it, but I just don't get it. Yeah. And I fuck with Aiden and I fuck with train wrecks. Like I don't have any ill will against them. I want them to be successful. There's only a handful of like creators that I truly don't like. Um, but I just don't know where this is going to head. Like if you were someone like, like Kai just crossed like 190,000 subs. Make sure this mic is just centered in, in that mouth. mouth of yours, that big ass mouth <laughs> when you're chewing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you yeah, go. Let me see this. Oh, I, I would like the record to show as well before Joe uh, spews anything else. <coughs> I am drinking Juvie. This is not a prop can. I'm just drinking the new flavor out of a cup. And I can't show you what's in the cup because then you'll know what flavor it is. So I'm just avoiding leaks. We've got a new flavor coming in March. And this shit is going to, I think, turn some heads. You don't want to leak it? No, I'm not going to leak it. I don't want to leak it because it, it'd be a disservice to all the hard work the Juvie team has put in. Yeah to bring this to life. And as much as I would love to, I've almost leaked it a couple times. I'm like suppressing myself because I don't want all their hard work to feel like it went to waste. It's so good too. It's gonna be so nice when it releases. I was telling Sam it like, actually, I don't know if I should say this or not, whatever. But I'm like, it. it I feel like it almost is like ruined the other three flavors for me because of like how good it really is. It's a good problem to have, I think. Yeah. These are still great though. I mean, love them. But the new flavor, I, can, I literally cannot wait for the market. It's not even it. biased either. That's the tough part. It's like anything that I talk about, you're always going to think that I'm being biased, which of course, I, I guess in some way I am, but I promise you this new flavor, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But back to the kick conversation. Yeah. So back to Kai. So he just crossed, like Aiden, you said in that clip, he's like, oh yeah, Kai's coming over. Everybody's coming over to kick. Um, he just crossed 190,000 subs. On Twitch, night. yeah. He's been yeah. doing like this 30-day marathon, right? Yeah, I think he's like 20 days in. I knew he was at like Universal with XQC yesterday, but if you were in his shoes or like, I guess even more just about like the economics of it, like like how much is it going to take kick to get someone like that over? Or like if you were a cop, would you even leave with like the community you already have? So my biggest takeaway from the last like six years of watching the platform wars like unfold. I think Kai has made enough money in the last year to where he doesn't need to worry about money ever again. Mm. And if you continue to chase the bag and do things inherently that you know are going to be harder for your career, I just think it's a bad business decision. Mm. You know, obviously everybody likes to talk about the drama between me and Nick Merckx, but I actually have a lot of respect for Nick and staying on Twitch because I'm sure he had some wild offers. And nobody knew that Shroud and Ninja, the way that it would play out, that they would basically just get their contracts accelerated and Microsoft just you know, paid to make the problem go away and let them yeah. back off to Twitch. Nobody knew that was going to happen. But for the people that stayed on Twitch, and you can make an argument for some of the guys that went over to YouTube, like their audiences, like Jack, his audience was already bigger on YouTube as it is. So mm. that made sense in, in some way or another. But if I were Kai, if I had to make a decision today, unless they were offering me like $100 million, and I'm being serious, like literally yeah. $100 million, I would stay on Twitch. Mm -hmm. The man has the internet in the palm of his hand. There's no reason to put any roadblocks in front of him that would take the momentum that he has away. But then you can also argue that 
Kai's brand, since he has the internet in the palm of his hand, transcends the platform. Mm-hmm. And he could still make do if he were just uploading to like TikTok, Instagram. His clips go super viral no matter where they end up. Like they get uploaded to House of Highlights and Blade You Report. It's been actually wild. Yeah. Um, so I just, unless he was offered an absurd amount of money that you just could not say no to and it was guaranteed, that's where you still got to be a little bit more diligent with your lawyer and redlining these contracts and making sure that it is a guarantee, I would just stay on Twitch. Like, why fuck with the status quo? Yeah. Man's getting an NBA contract out here. Oh, brother, this man <laughs> is like probably just short of a supermax. What, what's, what is it, 50% still for everybody on Twitch in terms of subs? Like, what is 190,000 subs a month? Well, no, I think it's still, some creators definitely still have 70-30. Like, I've okay. heard rumblings in the background that some creators are still getting 70-30. Mm-hmm. I don't like that change from Twitch. I'm like, look, you're backrolled by Amazon. Why do you guys, I mean, even if you're running Twitch at a loss, I still think for the place of culture and gaming and content, Twitch is like the prized hen. Mm. You know, like this is not the prized hen, the golden goose. The golden goose. Some fucking analogy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, you know, look, I'm not the CEO of Amazon, nor do I have the capacity to do that. Um, so to me, though, <laughs> even if it's running at a loss, and it doesn't fuck with your bottom line too much of, you know, this entire conglomerate. Fuck it, bro. Just run at a loss. Give everybody 70-30. Stop pinching pennies mm-hmm. and just make it happen. Like the biggest thing that Twitch has fucked up is that they always had the community on their side. And now that has just completely shifted in the last five years. And everybody wants to bitch and complain. And I get it. There's just certain decisions they make that just don't make any sense to me. And I think the 50-50 from 70-30 is probably one of the best examples. Like, why? If you were someone, if you're starting your career today, restarting from scratch, would you stream on Twitch? I wouldn't be fucking streaming. Yeah. Just content? YouTube? I mean, look, I again, I don't think it's as black and white as that of saying... I wouldn't be streaming. I just think people can't grasp the fact that you need to work smarter and not harder. You know, I, I'm glad that you asked that question because I don't want to sound like a miserable old man. Uh, for me, I've been on Twitch since it was Justin TV. Like I've seen every evolution of gaming creators and just creators in general trying to monetize as much as possible. And, you know, people like Gary Vee come along and all these motivational speakers that are just uploading short form and just farming engagements. And I actually fuck with Gary Vee a lot. I I have a lot of respect for what he's turned his career and his business into. But I I think there is a, a dangerous line that people, you know, walk on when you hear people say that you need to just go all in, you need to quit everything and you need to chase your dreams. I'm like, fuck no, that is... just a heinous outlook on certain capacities of your life because you'll have people that say, oh, I'm streaming 250 or I'm streaming 300 hours on Twitch every single month. Guys, life lesson, input doesn't always match output. If you're streaming 250 hours a month and you're still not making like a livable wage, you made the wrong decision. You know, what people don't see from the early days of creators and professional players in esports as well a lot of guys that were smart in my mind and still have a career to this day were the ones that realized that I don't have enough money streaming on Twitch to make this a reality. And they were still going to school. They finished college. They kept a job and killed themselves to try to make their dreams a reality. And it worked out for some and it didn't work out for others. But the people that understood I need to have balance, I need to be able to live, I need to be able to pay my bills, I need to be able to be a like a working class human being. I just think some people are infatuated with this dream. And unfortunately, nowadays, with how saturated the community of content creators is with all these platforms, 99% of people that start streaming on Twitch today are probably not going to make it to the level of which they want to reach. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to sound like the fucking Grinch, but Twitch doesn't have discoverability. Like even if people get excited about being on the front page for one day and they've got like 10,000 viewers because that front page hit, 
converting an audience over to watch you consistently every single day, it's nearly impossible. Yeah. So unless you're doing something incredibly unique, like Dr. Disrespected from a production standpoint, or you're obscenely good, like one of the best in the world at one of the most popular games. And there's other ways beyond that, but those to me have been the two roads that lead to success on Twitch. You got to make sure that you can support your lifestyle and your family before you just quit everything and stream 300 hours a month. Yeah. Like, I just can't stand the people that get frustrated that they're not doing well enough and are just like, hey, I need more donations. Like, you need to sub. Yeah. Brother, this entire career revolves around other people giving you money. And you're frustrated because you're spending 300 hours and you're not getting it. Yeah. It's just not the way the world works. Yeah. Chase your dreams, but do it smart. Do it, do it in a smart, efficient way. Yeah. Everybody would love to just like turn their stream on and have like 20,000 subs and that's all they got to do. But it's like the reality of it is that like you streaming 300 hours on Twitch and not doing anything else is just going to get you nowhere. Like. It's everything else around it, right? Yeah, man. It's almost like you're playing the fucking lottery on Twitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. Uh, and I don't want to sound like the fucking grumpy old man again. I, I don't want to repeat myself, but I think it's it's harder for somebody to hear that coming from me because I'm lucky to have success, but I've been around for a long time and I hit the right wave at the right time. When you ask me, like, if I restarted today, I, I there's a an unbelievably good chance that I wouldn't, it would never play out the same way ever mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I just hit the right wave with Call of Duty and and Twitch and YouTube. That timing was impeccable. And I just stumbled upon it. Like it, it wasn't me like seeing into a magic ball knowing that this would happen. Yeah. I got lucky and yeah. I'm fortunate and I'm, I'm grateful. But low is the perfect example. Like I know I've said that a million different times, but my man, you know, he's built up on platforms that actually have discoverability and consistency of getting uh, content out. Like TikTok, I think, is still one of the best places to create. You know, you have to think of uh, a structure that will actually bring people back. Uh, and that's something that we're still trying to solve for here at 100 Thieves because, like, the retention rate is just so small. Like, you could. You just need consistent through points. And that's why I like this Project 50 a lot that he's doing where he's making a you know daily vlog every single day. Mm-hmm. But if you go to his Instagram, that's slowly but surely growing, which is probably the hardest platform to grow on. And on YouTube, you know, when he uploads a vlog, he's getting you know tens of thousands of views, if not over 100,000. And that's where you can really start monetizing. So I think he's the definition of doing it, uh, you know, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And I don't think his Twitch still does that well. But that's because his content that he's uploading that's successful on all the other platforms isn't gaming content. Yeah. And that's probably something that he wrestles with. If I had to guess, that probably frustrates him. But, you know, it came in at a different angle. He's built up a following and hopefully he can use that as a launching pad to do this for the next 10, 20, 30 years, however long he wants to do it. Yeah. But you got to be creating content for platforms that are actually going to give you a shot. And I just don't think the way Twitch is structured and even YouTube live streaming, I don't think it's positioned in a way where you can find success on any given day. Yeah. Also, I'm not grumpy old man. This is this is good wisdom. This is wisdom. Man, sometimes people just don't want to hear reality. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I certainly, uh, you know, like to have these whimsical dreams of everything panning out, working out exactly the way I would want it to, but... Selling millions of cans of juvie. Yeah, that'd be dope. That'd be <laughs> yeah. fucking lit. Can you guys buy some juvie, please? Let's go. But yeah, that's just life, man. And life isn't easy. And being a creator certainly is not either. But when I start seeing people saying, oh, creating, a, uh, being a creator is the hardest job in the world. Guess what, motherfucker? You chose that. Like, you chose one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. Not from a, like, painstaking manual labor, but the opportunity to have success. So... I just have like a bone to pick with people that pander about the lack of success. You're just not doing the right things every day. Mm-hmm. And that's just the harsh reality. Yeah. Um, Jesus, fuck. What? Just really getting deep here. I, <laughs> I like it. I love just teeing you up and just letting you riff. It's, it's great to hear. All right, ask me something else controversial. 
No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I cannot <laughs> believe that you made a Word doc overnight. I mean, it took. I respect that. <laughs> Should have seen the first iteration of it. Poor Jed had to look at it just like six words with no punctuation or anything. But um, download Grammarly. It's actually a great tool. I've been using is. Grammarly on my main PC when I'm writing emails and. I actually think I have pretty good structure and punctuation. <laughs> Yo, you need to use less grammar. My eighth grade <laughs> teacher, Miss Cozen, was fucking brutal. <laughs> Bro, you you need to use less punctuation. No. <laughs> Sound like a serial killer. Like every tweet and caption. It's like terrifying. That's the way that I'd like myself to be presented, though. Not That's as fair. a serial fucking killer. <laughs> yeah. But I don't like what you know what drives me nuts. What what is it? The three periods at the end. Oh my god! What's the phrase the, of that? What, anybody know? Ellipses. Yeah, ellipses. Hey, ellipses are not two dots. It's three. When I see people do dot dot, drives me crazy. And then they don't put a space in between their next word. <laughs> yeah. After a period, it's two spaces. I also hate when my I don't actually do that anymore. But I hate when my parents separate like every single one of their thoughts too with like three dots, and I'm like, "Are you are you angry with me right now? Is this supposed to be like a period? Like, is this are you being passive aggressive? Like, <laughs> yeah. what's what's happening here? Like, I know I haven't called in like two weeks, but yeah, you got to give them you got to give them some leeway. Yeah, I, I can't imagine like texting as somebody that didn't grow up with phones in that way. Yeah, it's probably a hard thing to grasp. Just a thousand emojis coming your way too. Life must have been amazing without social media. Coming from a guy who built a living off social media, like I just always think of celebrities that, like A-list living in California. I think I saw Brad Pitt talking about this the other day mm -hmm. in some article or on podcast. But can you imagine like just finally making it in the early 2000s and Hollywood is like the wild, wild west, just going to clubs, doing whatever the fuck you want. And then someone pulls out a smartphone a couple years later that has it. I mean, even the flip phone is not a smartphone that has a camera on it. And that's the day that everything changed. The oh, Fire 100%. Nation attacked. <laughs> yeah, literally. What is, what's the big club in New York? Like Studio 54, right? Like the 70s? Something. I heard it was just like the most insane place like of all time. Like in terms of just that time period and like what went down there. Like if you had a camera, if you had an iPhone in there, everybody would be just fucked. Do you know how easy it must have been to kill somebody in like the 1800s? Oh my God. Before like DNA and all this science and investigation. Well, pretty small town now. Like just a random drifter going town <laughs> to town, just murking. Like how would you get caught? Actually. It's fucking terrifying to think about. You think Frank Sinatra lived like the best life out of anybody besides maybe and this is going to sound brutal. And I don't mean this. And oh, don't, don't, I'm not even going to say that shit. Never mind. <laughs> Frank Sinatra was just paid, had a song in his heart every day, an angelic voice that has now transcended generations. Motherfucker was dapping up the mob, just yeah. going city to city, like an icon. It could do whatever he wanted. Some say Frank Sinatra turned in Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the background on that. I mean, I watched- uh, I don't fuck with snitches. You don't fuck with snitches? <laughs> no. Now? No. Do you think Gunna snitched? Uh, no. Right, apparently? Well, I think the internet just likes to jump on things and laugh at it, but his lawyer came out like they- None of the things that Gunna said can be used in like the Rico case against the other defendants from what his lawyer said, but I don't- I don't know the ins and outs of it. Also, my biggest fear is like going to prison. Oh, me too. So like if I was in Gona's position, I honestly, I don't know what I would do. You know, like as much as I say that, like. You would snitch? Like, if I was facing 20, I mean, it depends. depends. You would rat me out like if we did some like racketeering and. If I if it was, if it was like three to five years, I'd take that on the chin for you. I'd, I'd come out like a made man or something, you know, but it was like 25, 30 years. I'm like. Okay. Like, I, I think 20, I, 30 years, that's your entire life, and you only get one <laughs> shot. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. But that's why you don't put yourself in a position around people yeah. that are doing these things. That part, I just will never comprehend. And I know some people are uh, a product of their circumstances and environment. So look, I can't sit here and tell somebody what they should or shouldn't <laughs> be doing. Sometimes you don't have a choice, but 
Yeah. I guess yeah. If you started doing some like <laughs> dumb illegal shit, I would just, I would check your ass like, yo, look, I'm not going to talk to you. Continue to do this shit. Yeah. Can't be complicit. I'm not going down. I guess we're probably not the best people to talk about this either. I don't, I guess I can't really relate, but. You don't, you don't, you don't think that you can talk about your suburban white privilege? <laughs> yeah. So I don't think We are that, pretty lucky. Yeah, exactly. Shout out my parents. Speaking of. Thanks for setting me up so I didn't have to make tough decisions like that. But there are definitely people that fuck themselves over. Yeah. I don't know. For sure. There's too many layers there and we are not capable. Yeah, I'm not equipped. I'm not equipped for that. Going down that rabbit hole. But. You know uh, how we got to Gunna. This motherfucker's 6'9". Right on everybody. I thought he was going to get killed. I did First year out. Those first two weeks he was out. I was like just waiting every day. Just checking Instagram at the time because I don't have Twitter, but. I took it off my phone, but I was like, all right, when's it happening? It is kind of bizarre, too, where it almost feels like from a music standpoint, I don't know if his trend just, the flame died, mm -hmm. but the platforms, they don't they don't promote him anymore. You well, won't see it anywhere. Like, yeah. I don't, I heard one song from 6 9 when he got out, and he's still rapping about gangs and killing people and all this yeah. other shit. Well, I saw a clip. Steve will do it. Just started his podcast too, or started a new podcast, and he was talking about Six Nine because how he became like super close with him, and he's like, it's like that motherfucker's like canceled, canceled. Like it's like you can't even walk into a hotel, and they'll be like, oh yeah, like you you have to leave. It's like, too much baggage. Yeah, you just can't go anywhere. Bobby Schmurda, bro, I was so oh. fucking excited for Bobby Schmurda to get out of jail. I know, like with, with, with trying to sound without trying to sound like a, a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was waiting. I would check every now and again, like on Twitter, check, just search his name, like see what's going on with his check the Schmurda tracker, his like Schmurda tracker, <laughs> yeah. just see if he made parole. And then yeah. this, he got out, and he waited like three months to drop a song or something. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I know it was not the comeback I, I was wishing for, but he seems to be chilling. I gotta look him up. I gotta yeah. see what what music he's put out. I feel like missed opportunity there. Yeah, nothing, nothing pre. Pre-jail Bobby, though. Nothing compares to that. But he, I mean, he's, he's like wilding out on the internet. So he's just like going crazy. What's he doing? <laughs> Dude, there's just so many videos of him like twerking on like girls and like dancing like all over the place. Like just. Wait, he's twerking on girls or big booty women are twerking on him? Big, big booty women are twerking on him. Mm. But. It's just like, I just, I've seen like five different videos. I don't even know if it's like a music video tied to a song, but that's just like all I see of Bobby Shmurda now. Bro, Bobby Shmurda, the day he got out, should start a fucking podcast. Yeah, I guess. Or just made awesome music that we're all waiting like five <laughs> years for. I was like, he comes, I'm like, all right, this guy's got to have like three albums. Bro, just like, like writing lyrics up. on the walls yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah, but... When I, I see know. like videos uh, of jail nowadays on TikTok, like everybody's <laughs> just walking around with a phone. Yeah. It but looks like they're hanging out phone. like summer camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure not like five star DEFCON maximum security. Yeah. You know, they're doing that. But yeah. Have, right? you, have you watched uh, the show 60 Days In? No. They basically send, uh, and like very limited understanding. I've watched like, an episode and a half of it up to this point because I can't find it like anywhere. Um, but there's like this one kid who I watch on Twitch who has streamed it. But it's basically people who are involved in like the correctional institution or like uh, serving it or anything like that or have formerly been in like jail. And the show gets these people together and they basically send them in undercover into these various jails to like report back on like what's going on in the prison and like where to improve. What's wrong with these people? It's like Blackbird. Is that I, I don't it's know that Apple is. TV uh, show, which Apple does an incredible job. Uh, but uh, what's his name? Uh, Taron Egerton. Oh yeah, I don't. I forget how to pronounce his his Egerton? name. Egerton. Yeah. Egerton. Yeah. Killed it in uh, that Elton John movie. Loved it. Didn't see it. You're a big Elton John guy. I'm Love not. Elton John. Yeah. A little before my Blackbird time. is basically he goes down for like a drug. Uh, he was like a, a massive drug dealer, and he gets sent to prison. And the I think his dad was like a former police officer. He's not a bad guy. Like he doesn't want to harm people, but he's still dealing drugs. Goes to jail, and like the FBI or the some law, <laughs> some enforcement agency. <laughs> Bro, I didn't DA sleep well maybe? last night. My brain is not firing. Yeah. Long story short, they were like, hey, 
there's like we need to get this like serial killer to uh you know spill the beans like we need to get a confession from him and if you go in and get that confession from him we'll you know negate your sentence was his written confession perfectly punctuated you got to watch that movie because the serial killer reminds me so much of you remember i sent you that photo is is this the hey like joe this is you in 10 years Yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Am I thinking about the same picture or the one you just the one you just sent me like a week ago? Yeah, <laughs> brother, you literally like make jokes about my dogs dying. Like that is yeah. symptom number one of a serial killer. I'm glad that you finally admitted that it's about them dying and me not killing them. So we're making progress, brother. <laughs> to this day, I still don't understand how you think that's co- like. If it- you had to pick one, if you're like. <laughs> Your whole family will die if you don't sacrifice Murphy or Gary. Which one do you? Oh, which, fuck. Which one do you pick? Can I sacrifice myself? That's very noble of you. But I don't uh, know if I would do it, though. Like, dogs <laughs> only have, like, 13 years, and I've got a whole life to live. Is Haley pregnant at this point? Do I have to make this decision for Triplets. And I have to do it. Yes. Oh, fuck. I don't like this hypothetical. Because I want to give you a straight answer, but I can't pick. I love those fucking dogs. Like, I never thought, you know, I, I, like, I'll take, hey, there's no right answer. I'll take that. Yeah. I'm not trying to sound like a noble guy because if like push came to shove, I'm sure I could figure it out. But I just, those dogs like give me so much fulfillment. I'm Team Murphy because I feel like she doesn't get enough love, but you guys are warming up. You don't see what I do with Murphy (laughs) when you're not here. I actually think aesthetically now, Murphy is cuter than Gary, but Gary's just, he was our firstborn. You know, we had to go through the trials and tribulations for the first time during such COVID a, with him. Just such a sweet But boy. Murphy's got these eyes that just, I don't know if it's because like, maybe I'll be a good girl dad. She just, I can't yell at her. Like, I can yell at Gary. And that's not even how you're supposed to discipline a dog. They only, like, learn from positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. But when Murph's, like, trying to jump on the table and grab food after I yell at her, she just looks up at me with these big doughy eyes and you'd see a little bit of the white like cresting underneath and I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> sometimes I, she's got like human eyes. Like sometimes I like make eye contact with her for a little too long and I'm like, all right, this is, there's something. There's something I just got her a Glock too. So you better watch your, <laughs> the shit that you'd be talking. You've been, seeing, you've been seeing the Harry Potter uh, like memes lately where it's like Harry Potter, but it's the United States and all their wands are just Glocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, but I'd like to see it. Actually, I liked two TikToks last night of, uh, you know, they got like a hip hop song in the background playing and they're just like me turning up with Hufflepuff and it's just some like 300 pound like white dude just fucking hitting the gritty. <laughs> Bro, people on the internet are too funny, man. It's like we got too much time on their hands these days. Well, you know, it's it's funny. It's like JHB was always like a perfect example to me. I'm like, we need just like ten more kids that understand memes and like internet culture as yeah. well as JHB, uh-huh. and we'll find success. But now G- JHB's humor has become a little bit too like, okay, hold on, brother, we need to go back to the bangers. He doesn't want to be a simp anymore. He said he's done with that part of his career. He thinks it's cringe now. And I'm like, JHB, you had gold in your hands, brother. <laughs> I can't. I mean, he, I still think he has gold on his hands. Yeah, oh, for sure. He's a smart kid. Just the narrative of just what if JHB becomes like the Leo DiCaprio of the gaming industry? <laughs> the him and, him and his boys, whoever his boys are, the new pussy posse. <laughs> just, just rolling up, just coming in. Everybody's looking at him. Dressing incognito, he's wearing black hats, you know, he's fully fitted. Bro, what is your take? Because I fucking love Leonardo DiCaprio. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know him as a person, but I love who he is on camera, yeah. on film, and the roles that he takes. Like, every movie. I can't name one bad Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yeah. What do we think about him just continuing to slay, like, 19-year-old girls? So if I'm Leo, and I've got, you know, supermodel 19-year-olds, like throwing themselves at me. I don't I don't see how I can't blame him. It's a little weird now. You're not gonna be able to say no. Yeah. I mean now that he's like 50, I'm like, all right, it's starting to Is get Is he 50? Yeah, I think he's like close to 50. Oh my God. But I gotta see this. Now yeah, let me No, no, I'll look it up. All right, look, look it up. It but now I'm like, all right, it's starting to get like a little weird. Like maybe he can cause like the the narrative is like Leo doesn't date anybody over 25. It's like once I hit 25. He's 48. 48 he's six foot too i wouldn't expect that but 
Uh, I lost my train. I thought I started thinking about something. You, 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 you would be doing exactly what Leonardo. <laughs> do you Capri think he's like does. taking boner pills? Like, do you think he's like? I mean, like, is he still getting up? Or is this the only way he can get up? Is well, he's dating like women that can't drink? Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah, but. what? That's got to be a weird dynamic too. Yeah. I don't know because <laughs> Leonardo like, DiCaprio, he, he gave like Timothy Chalamet advice one day. He said, no superhero movies and no hard drugs. Yeah. But there's just no way in my mind that Leonardo isn't like bumping lines 24-7. No, some people say, actually tell me that you look like Timothy Chalamet. When I was like much thinner and like 16. I'm was, fucking kidding. Nobody's ever said that. No, listen, this is this is an interesting story. There's a picture. Now, okay. <sighs> Okay, actually, I want to No, come on, come on. No, I'm, come on. I'm getting off track. I want to talk about Leo, so. I feel like at this point, Leo, for what he does, he could do whatever he wants, but I don't know if I agree with the 19-year-old girl thing. Yeah, again, now that he's, like, getting close to 50, I think it's a little weird, but at the same time, like, if I was- we draw the line at 50, huh? <laughs> yeah, or at least bump the girlfriend age up to, like, 30, you know, or, or something for him, but I remember I said this to, to Vinny, too, when he was here. I'm like, if you are that good-looking- and that famous, I'm like, you owe it to all of us. <laughs> you owe it to all of us, us peasants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To go out and just soak all of that up. I'm like, if if someone, I'm like, at least I can go to sleep. You talk about like going to bed, like you are good, like comfortable with the person you are. Like don't like drama. Like haven't wronged anybody. You go to sleep peacefully. Like I go to sleep peacefully, knowing that there's a couple kings out there just. Just living it to the max, you know, just doing it for the rest of us. But for me, I'm like the Leonardo 19 year old girl thing. Like I need to have, I'm a career relationship man. And I'm glad that all of the things that I learned brought me to Haley because mm. I knew the red flags that I had to avoid. But I need to have somebody that can be my rock and my foundation every day when I wake up and when I go to bed. And Haley is emphatically that. Yeah. But it's like, if you are Leonardo, or Drake or somebody, how do you find the one? Do they even want that? Do they even need it? Do their brains yearn for it? I don't know. Much different scale, much different scope for you, but it, is that something before you met Haley, were you like worried about like women having the right intentions? Is that something you could like see um, on people? Like, eh, I'm like a Z list, you know. Well, I, I actually feel like I've- Yeah, but in the space- Carved out a nice little thing because, you know, I, if I go out, to like the mall, I might get recognized a handful of times, mm -hmm. maybe. Some days I don't, it's great. So I, it's like, I, I've accrued some wealth and hey, I'm just, Haley had to have known that. But the fortunate thing is Haley's been around, like her family was really successful in, 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 in certain parts of the family tree. So she wasn't new to it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, I didn't have to worry about that. But before I found her, I, was, I definitely thought about it. Yeah. You know, for me, like I've always wanted that rom-com you know hollywood dream connection with a woman but there were definitely things in the back of my head like how do i feel like i'm pretty good of getting down to the meat and potatoes of like who a person is mm -hmm. uh, like i'm overly perceptive like sometimes i'm looking for the bad in somebody just to find a reason to not yeah. spend time with them so i think I was definitely worried about it in some way or another, but it wasn't something that was gonna like hold me back. Yeah. I was just trying to get more comfortable talking to women and because I didn't go out when I was, I go to school dances. I didn't talk to girls until I was in my late teens. And I feel like I, it took me a while to ramp up, but found the right one and here we are. Mm -hmm. It's a great feeling. Yeah, it worked out. Getting married in July. Oh, is that it? I don't know. This is the great thing about this podcast. It can go anywhere. I thought you were going to talk more about your your upcoming marriage. Well, I love Haley. I'm excited about the <laughs> the marriage. I mean, I didn't. I've been to like three weddings as an adult, and Haley at one point she went to school uh, as a petroleum engineer for her first two years at Texas A and M. Oh, petroleum. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, she comes from like a you know, long line of. You know, says petroleum, Vaseline. Mm-hmm. You jerk off with Vaseline. Is that what you're trying to <laughs> We're say? We're gonna make a lube joke, but I'm like, why? Why am I trying to just like rip a bit right now? It doesn't. That doesn't work. <laughs> you're, you're just forcing a lube joke in there. There you go, Joe. No, See, just, just you got your up. feet underneath you. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting lathered up right now. Now, like, I'm not thinking before I speak, which is a good sign where things are just coming out. But we'll just, we'll just. No, it's we'll good. Keep, we're gonna keep moving. It's good. <laughs> we'll keep moving. Haley wanted to be a wedding planner after she got 
finished with engineering. She obviously, uh, she ended up just getting a degree in communications, went into PR and stuff like that. Yeah. But Haley is like the opposite of me. Like she's, she's a talent manager now, which she was really nervous about doing because it was like a complete 180 of what her career was. She worked at Echo Fox for a little bit uh, and had a PR agency um, that Echo Fox retained. Uh, and when she met Kai, your old boss, uh, we were at a party one night. And I'm like, yo, Kai, you're looking for people like talk to Haley because she's obviously never done talent management, but she's organized. She's punctual. She's just a people person. Like I've never seen Haley be mean to somebody. Mm -hmm. Even in private, I'm like, hey, I'm really talking shit about this person. I'm like, come on, give me something. <laughs> yeah. She's like, honey, that's judgmental. That's not nice. I'm like, there's no fucking cameras on. Give me it. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is just how you are. <laughs> You're just so much better than me. You're like, wow, I'm a huge piece of shit, actually. Fuck. But uh, Haley, yeah, she just, she loves parties. She loves to throw events. Mm -hmm. She's helped Ray and Brooke throw like girls' nights. And she's always dreamed about her wedding, and I'm the opposite. I, I've never thought about my wedding not one single time. And I stated my a lot of times when Haley, since she's so social, like when she wants to go out and stuff, like she loves being at home now. But our first like six months, year relationship, we were going out boozing. This was at like the content house. We were just having a great time. But I'm I'm a homebody. Like I love. I'm comfortable, no anxiety when I've got the door shut at my own home. And so I always told her, I'm like, you got to realize I spent 24 years of my life locked in my bedroom. So this, this, that version of me that you saw, that was just me having fun and the alcohol was pushing me to be somebody that I'm really not. And so for that, I just don't go to parties. I don't enjoy most cases going to parties. I don't like small talk. Just everything that comes with it, I'm just not a fan of. Yeah. And so for the wedding, uh, we almost got her to a point where like, hey, we're going to get eloped and we're just going to start having kids now. But she's always wanting to ha have a wedding. And she's dreamed about planning her own wedding since she was in college. And so I feel like I got to bend the knee here and just give her that. Because even when we were talking about how much we'd spend on the wedding, it was like uh, only a handful of times where I had to be very direct with like, honey, you're off the fucking deep end right now. We're not spending that much money on a wedding. It's just not going to fucking happen, you yeah. know? And, you know, we had that conversation. And then I realized the way that I think about like cars or the way that I think about going on a golf trip, you know, and sp something that requires spending money, like that's what this wedding is for her. And, you know, when I dropped all this cash on this Porsche, I was like fulfilling like a childhood dream of mine. Wh who am I to say that I need to hold her back from doing that with her wedding? Yeah. And the good thing is we're not paying for it. Lucky to be in a situation where her mom is. But I, I've still had to wrangle her in on the, on the budget. At one point, after we found like the wedding planner in the venue, we got in the car and I could just tell someone was on her mind. She's like, so how do we feel about going over budget and putting in our own money? I, I damn near like hit the brakes in, in the middle of the highway. I'm like, honey, absolutely fucking not. She's like, well, Rich and Ellen and Alana and Ethan. I'm like, comparison is the thief of joy, yeah. okay? Just because they did it doesn't mean we're going to do it too. So I feel like we've settled out in a really good place. We're getting married uh, in Monterey where Pebble Beach is and all these beautiful golf courses. It's probably one of my favorite places on the earth. And we're getting married in July and it's happening fast, but we're just trying to get going so we could have kids. Yeah. I feel like too, like she's doing all the work, talking about like giving into it. Like all you got to do is like show up. Well, I realize that I'm the fucking guy that I hate from Wedding Singer. Like Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler, I'm like, oh, this is the love story that I want to have. Then I realized that I'm the fucking bad guy. Like I don't want to plan the wedding. I just want to tinker with my fucking stereo. Yeah. And let's, let's go get married. You're gonna be like Donnie Berger in 30 years. Who's Donnie Berger? <laughs> it's uh, that's my boy. Another Adam Sandler movie. Oh, I've like... seen that's my boy. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't remember <laughs> it as well as you clearly do. He gets he, he becomes like ultra famous for having sex with his teacher in like fuck yeah middle school <laughs> or high school. Like gets her pregnant, and oh. Andy Samberg's the kid that he has with his teacher, and then the whole thing is like Donnie Berger at 50. Donnie Berger, <laughs> yeah. We're but, excited though. It's gonna be good. I I I want to have kids ASAP because I realize like my dad's only fifty nine. Yeah. And if we get to having like three kids, I'm probably gonna be in my late thirties by the time that third one comes out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like a decrepit old man. Like I want to go golfing with my my children and shit. So how many kids do you want to? Feel like I wasted time in a sense. Um, 
I never wanted kids until Haley. Like, I, I just don't think I'm a patient individual. But after having the dogs, like the love that I feel for them, and I know it's different. It would be a stronger bond, I would imagine, in some, some <laughs> avenues of, of love. But I think if we're going to have one, I don't just want just one. Like, I don't want an only child. I want them to have some fucking friends. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So if we're going to do one, which we're doing, I think I want to get to like three. I'm the youngest of three. I think it's a good dynamic. Want three. I'd do three too. Also, because like I always think like you get three kids. I don't know why I've always thought about like the car that you have to drive with children, but I'm like, fuck, I have like six kids. Like, we got to take two cars. Like, it <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> really, really getting down to the nitty gritty. That just is inconvenient. Fuck, two cars? <laughs> yeah. Nah, you just so. get a, like a 1999 Suburban with three rows and you're good. Yeah, hopefully that's not for a while. But uh, anyways. Um, Dial me up with one of these things that you got in your little notebook. Okay. How long have we been going for, guys? Uh, Had to be a while. Almost. 56 minutes? <laughs> Train's not stopping. Uh, question got a, from- I got all production in, at hostage right now. I got a gun got- under here. <laughs> Just a fucking 12-gauge shotgun. Don't turn off the recording. Ready to pull this thing out. Like uh, killing for- them softly. <laughs> yeah. For our next segment, sponsored by Blue Chews. Man's going to shoot me under the table. Um, <laughs> question from the audience. How much do you make before taxes? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> I wrote that one. Nice. Um, it was funny. Uh, no, I, I, do, I, do, I do okay for myself. I'm definitely not making creator money anymore. But, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I'm trying to build something. I think that's a perception that people don't understand. Hey, look, I'm not trying to sound like woe is me, but when all is said and done and this chapter of my life is over, which I hope that's not anytime soon, there's definitely some things that I had to do to bring this to life that I don't think people actually know about. Yeah. But I, 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 I can't complain about the money that I make, but I'm definitely not making creator money anymore. Um, okay, so like a real question now, actually topic. Do you want to talk about like... You want to talk VCT this week? College. We probably should, man. Yeah. Man, that's the thing about this podcast. I'm like, dude, I don't know if we're going to be able to... All the things have been rattling around in my head for the last week. I could sit here and talk for two hours. Call of Duty. It's fucking awesome to see. Draza uploaded uh, his video of mm-hmm. uh, getting into the top 250. He got 80,000 views overnight. Did and that's right? why I'm actually stoked about ranked play because people that weren't interested in competitive Call of Duty... I've actually seen a lot of rank play clips on TikTok that have a fuck ton of engagement, mm-hmm. more so than you would get from, you know, Black Ops 4 era competitive Call of Duty if they put out a clip. Like, people can't understand how talented some of these guys actually are. Yeah. And when, and that's why I've always been such a big supporter of bringing rank play to Call of Duty because the game, we've talked about it a million times. So I'm not going to, you know, sound like a broken record, but the game, there's a reason why Call of Duty has been around as long as it has. It's like the most intuitive, tight controls, gunplay experience. Call of Duty is phenomenal and has been phenomenal from a gameplay experience. You know, they fuck a lot of things up with the way they structure the game and a bunch of shit that they throw in there that nobody asked for. But at its very core, Call of Duty is a very fun game to play. And as soon as you make it competitive, I think that's where a lot of people that play Call of Duty have never gotten to experience like how much fun it actually is. Yeah. And so if you bring the right rank play system to the masses and you can actually get them to play it, I think it's a, it's a, a done deal. You know, you're gonna have kids locked in, and I actually think they did a really good job. I mean, Treyarch, of course, you know, they uh, were basically building this for the Call of Duty franchise. And the rankings look really cool. If you go on a win streak, you get the flames behind your emblem. You could see that, that in the lobby. Yeah. They added like the player cards and headshots of the, the pro players and the, from CDL in the top 250. Mm-hmm. So people now know that like Draz is that guy. Mm-hmm. And this video gets 80,000 views overnight. I don't think every video is going to be like that. But just for Draza to get that exposure because of what he did. And the clip is actually disgusting. We might even be able to roll it o- over our commentary in the YouTube video. Yeah. But they had like a 2v8 in a round of control and Draza picks up like seven kills in a snap of a finger and wins that match. So I'm really excited for Call of Duty. Maybe not so much what this game is because there's a lot of RNG. The time to kill is too fast. And I wish that this ranked play system existed on maybe a more fluid or better structure Call of Duty from a map perspective and time to kill. Mm-hmm. But overall, I'm really excited for Call of Duty. We just beat Atlanta FaZe online. Lost to Vegas Legion the day before. That's just day-to-day COD. 
And our team always gets better on land. I really thought we were going to win that event in Boston. Mm-hmm. We just needed to win one of those search and destroys, and we didn't. Uh, yeah. That Abizi two-piece when he dropped down and we lost that 2v1, I mean, that was the deal breaker because we went to round 11 and ended up losing it. If we would have snuck out one of those search and destroys, I think we would have won that tournament. But overall, Call of Duty is in a really exciting place. And yeah. I'm really glad that rank play is here. I wish I had more time to grind it because I would love to see if I could actually make it back in the top 250. Because back in the day, Black Ops 2 League play, you know, with where I was at in my career in Call of Duty, I can go into every game and get a YouTube gameplay out of it. Like, you just didn't lose games. And I don't, I'm not in that place anymore with Call of Duty because I haven't played. Mm-hmm. But I would love to grind it. But getting to VCT, Valorant, I'm really excited for the boys. Mm-hmm. A couple of North American teams have already gone home. Like C9's out, NRG's out. And I don't agree with the format of the tournament. You know, I I think it's more of a showcase than anything, but the first event of the year after waiting like six months to watch competitive Valorant and we're getting one best of three and your team can be out. So I just don't understand why we went against the grain when we have two decades worth of Counter-Strike tournaments that have incredible like pool play formats. The storylines really build up. Mm -hmm. You know, not every match is going to be your last match and there's room to get your bearings in the tournament and start to play better and make it to the finals. But this is just so fucking cutthroat. Like, I just feel like I'm being teased. You know, our team is so good, but one best of three at a tournament, anything could happen. Literally anything. Any team on any given day can win. Mm -hmm. So I'm not happy about the format, but in general, I'm just excited to see competitive Valorant back. And the, the team is... The addition of cryocells, like you saw it at, if you paid attention to Red Bull home grounds uh, in December, we won that tournament. You know, you could probably argue that Team Liquid probably would have gave us the best match, but they had to play with subs and stuff. So yeah, we we beat some really good teams, but this is now all 32 franchise uh, organizations. And we play here on Thursday. I don't know when this is going to air, so the match might already happen. But I'm just excited for those guys. Everybody on that team is... Uh, can take over like mm-hmm. that's the beautiful thing about the rosters you know in certain iterations of our team or other teams across the league if a one player doesn't show up they would lose that match whereas with our roster if you go down the 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 lineup stellar's probably the most talented fragger out of any igl across the league mm-hmm. you got bang who you know was dropped three times when he was younger the kid was still in high school and now is looking, it got voted like the most improved player. That kid just pops the fuck off. Nasty. Derek had his moments uh, in the middle of last year where he looked like the best player in the league. LCQ clutches. And- I don't think he's happy with the way that he's played in, in certain moments on stage. But mm-hmm. what people don't realize is that if you have other teammates that are, you know, fragging out, there's only so many kills on the map. And so I don't, I hopefully Derek's not putting too much pressure on himself because the kid's obviously really good at what he does. Yeah. And then you have Asuna and Cryo. Like, I, I just, I wouldn't want to be on stage against that team. No, absolutely not. If, 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 if they're all firing from every cylinder, I just don't many, I don't know many lineups that I'm sure there's a, a ton of teams that could, you know, put up a good fight, but I just have a lot of conviction and a lot of confidence in the team, regardless of what happens in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think the tournament, is the best format for showcasing who the best team actually is. Yeah. I'm excited. It's of all things like coming into esports um and like coming into this world uh we've watched so much league, so much cod um but Valorant, just watching competitive Valorant is so entertaining. The game's fucking unbelievable. It's dude. unreal. So, and to see like our team and they're all so fucking nasty and they're all like great too just like great people and like i can't wait it's been amazing having the valorant team in the compound mm-hmm. you know we got the leo legends team here the call of duty team and the valorant team and it's just been like an incredible dynamic because you've got like the old heads of burex and double with these young spunky kids with <laughs> busio and tenacity and then closers won a championship for us the valorant team those guys just fucking are comedy yeah. you know you, it's such a wide range of personalities yeah but they're all around the same age. I think Stellar's actually the oldest player. 
but they just genuinely look like they enjoy being around each other. Yeah. And that's normally a hurdle with teams. You know, you'll have like even with a four man roster, like clicks would start. And if a bad tournament happened, you know, all that resentment that you had against somebody on your team or your personalities don't get along just gets amplified. That usually fucks things up. Mm. And then the Call of Duty team, man, LA Thieves, bro, I, I stand by it. And I got to gas up our social team and our content team. I think we lean in just as well as any other team that you could probably compare us to uh, in displaying like our day to day. But I just think the LA Thieves, like our players get a bad rap because the community like latches onto players and will yeah. never stray away from the players they love. And I get that. Like I'm a fan of cross sports. There's just certain players I like. And sometimes don't have any rhyme or reason why I don't like a player, but I don't like him. Yeah. And I think somebody like Draza gets a bad rap. That kid is all fucking passion. And his story to me is just unbelievable. Coming from Alaska, making it work, making it happen, win a world championship after getting benched, dropped, you name it. You know, a lot of people don't like Kenny because uh, of the rivalry between LA Thieves and Optic. Like we would always send them home. Like, I, and I'm not being facetious in any way. It's just like, pound for pound we've beaten optic like 10 times over and yeah. i'm not flexing because i love the guys over at optic but mm -hmm. i just think because kenny got compared to skump so much the, the kid just gets a bad rap and when those guys all four together are fucking hilarious like Great. some of the best personalities i think in cod and of course i'm biased in saying that but i just don't think they get enough love mm -hmm. um and in, in a lot of ways, I don't think there's many things we can do to change that, but yeah, it's a dangerous team, man. Dangerous lineup. I love too that, like, whether you're a fan or not of like Draza specifically, like, I just love that he talks shit. He doesn't give a fuck. No. And it's like, it's entertaining. Like, whether or not you like him, I just love seeing that, like, all the face shit from Sunday, like the head glitches or whatever on the staircase. Yeah. Like, but this is the other problem, bro. It's, it's like when you think about Draza, think about this kid's scrappy. Everybody loves this kid's scrappy because he came from Challengers. He's probably like the most talented mechanically. He's got the loudest personality, talk mm -hmm. shit, everything. The, bro, the COD competitive subreddit loves Scrappy. Mm -hmm. Like the entire community loves Scrappy, even though Draza like is doing the same exact things. And I know there's probably nuance to that. But in general, this kid wears the same sort of personality. But Draza, because it, it maybe talks shit to the wrong person or... Maybe because people don't understand him as well as they could. They just don't fucking like him. Yeah. I just think it's unfair. But that's yeah. life. You know, we talked about things that are, it's just the way the world works. And, you know, this, I'm, I, I, I'm, I've been racking my brain. It's like, how do we turn around the perception of this team? Uh, but those guys, man, if you are on our side and you spend time with them, without that bias, you would fucking love them. These guys are fucking hilarious, dude. Dude, honestly. So what are you going to do? Yeah, fuck it. I, if someone's got to be the villain, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. But and then who do we play in VCT EDG? Yeah, we play the we play EDG. Where everybody's expecting us to win that match. Okay. And then our next matchup will probably be against uh, Furia, who we beat at home grounds. They were close games, but we beat them. And then we would play the winner of Fnatic and Sentinels. And I think Fnatic is expected to win that tournament. Or win that match? They won 2-1 last night. Fnatic? Yeah. Not against Sentinels, though, right? I saw George Geddes. No, that was fake. Is that fake? That okay. was fake. That match yeah. hasn't happened yet. Okay. So if if we end up winning all the games that we should win, we'll either play the winner of Fnatic and Sentinels, and either way, those those will be that'll be a good match. And then uh, are you familiar with Sentinels roster moves? Yeah, they got Zekin now, uh, Tens. They got the two guys from Loud. And okay. I don't remember their fifth player. Okay. So they brought two of Loud's yeah. five championship winner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be a good team. Yeah. And then is Fnatic the same roster? I don't know. I'm not familiar with Fnatic's as well. Okay. I know they got one. Their duelist is fucking ridiculous. Is that the same kid that knocked us out last year? Man, I, I, I need a history lesson. I do too. Uh, we got a, a lot of my depth on... Uh, Hold on. I, I, oh, uh, Durka. Durka, yeah, yeah. That motherfucker's disgusting. Mm -hmm. um, that he, he just always shows up. So either way, we're going to have some really fun matches. Yeah. Even with our league team, too. I know we went 0-3 in Supers Week, but 
to me, uh, the results like matter, of course, but at the end of the day, I'm just happy because I, I don't know what to expect from the team. Like a week ago, they looked like they were like one and two with FlyQuest. Mm-hmm. And then this week, we obviously didn't show that. But at, at the end of the day, every match is exciting because of the caliber of the roster and the potential that they have. Yeah. They're still, fi- I mean, part of it too, I feel like they're still finding their form. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not worried regardless, but um, they're fun too. They're all yeah. fun to watch right now. Well, look, I think this is a good place to end for the first episode. I don't want to just like lob an, an hour and a half into the ether uh, because that's a, a lot of a content to sit through. But I feel like we could sit here for five more hours and just shoot the shit because we don't work half the time. We just <laughs> yeah. we just talk shit about working like this is how we're going to fucking do it. It's the most work I've done in two weeks. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck yeah, baby. We can put our head on our pillows tonight and say we had a success. Yep. But I enjoyed this, man. Um, and I think you did a pretty good job. Uh, we got to give you some gas. You know, I think very quickly you're going to be as comfortable as, you know, taking a shower in the morning, like under the hot water, bro. You're not going to feel any other way except for you're sitting in a chair just talking shit. Yeah. I'm having fun. I was, yeah, definitely nervous for the first part, but now that we've gotten like settled into it and it's been what, like an hour 20 at this point, just talking. I told myself I was going to stop it because I, I want to talk about AI and all the content that's being created with these president uh, sound, sound boxes or uh, yeah. sound boards. Cause we can go down a rabbit hole with that, but we'll save that for the next episode. The next five years on the internet are going to be fucking insane. Going to be insane. It's either going to end in world war three or end in world war three. <laughs> Some shit's going to happen, but I appreciate you taking the time, Joe. Thank you for having me. Fuck you. <laughs> and thank you to production team for running with this, setting up yesterday. I appreciate you guys for real. Cause this was like a spur of the moment thing. I told Jen, our chief content officer, like I said, at the beginning, I just want to be in front of the camera more mm-hmm. uh, with something that I'm really excited to do. I enjoyed a lot of the content house videos we made, but I've ran that playbook for the last 12 years on the internet. And I like to have control over things. You know, it's a weird psychology where if it comes from my head, I'm excited to do it. But mm-hmm. as soon as I get told to do something, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just the way God made me. Can't get you to do anything. Yeah, fuck you, bro. I'm definitely not listening to you when it comes to anything. Unless it was just like, how to be an idiot. Even then, I think I could stoop lower than you. Uh, But I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let us know, man. I mean, the world is yours. The world is your oyster. We'll probably do it even if you don't fucking like it. Just because got to get the reps in and keep doing this. But hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys for tuning in. I don't know what the name of this is going to be. I got nothing else for you. Thank you guys for tuning in. You're going to see more of Joe and I, and uh, hope you guys have a fantastic day. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Is iTunes still a thing? Apple Music? Where do they upload podcasts? I don't a- even know. Apple Podcasts? Is that, a, is that a thing? No idea. I listen to like my first podcast. Shout out to the production team there. We I've been doing a podcast for two and a half years, and I have no idea. <laughs> Logan, what? Uh, yeah. Apple okay. Podcasts. <laughs> we'll see you fudging later. Goodbye. <laughs>